and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the A-list, Pottersville, and Christmas songs. (laughs) Sure. Happy holidays, everybody. Okay, before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, Tea Time is checking in with the A-list. We had a very crowded category, but we found enough A-list people in there. We plucked them out of non-obscurity, and we're going to be talking about them separately. (laughs) So this is the first little mashup category, but it's, you know, A-list celebs. So Amelia, Mm. go ahead. Yes. It was reported that the you know that um, movie that Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas met on uh, yeah. Deep mm-hmm. Water. It's supposed Iconic. to be like ooh, an erotic thriller or something. I didn't know that they like still made those, but apparently they do. And um, it's also been removed from Disney's theatrical release schedule. So. <laughs> Which is just, I don't know if this is like the power of Jennifer Lopez. And I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's going on, I, but it's, I'm having, yeah. It's kind that was, of, that was like the cool. online theory, right? Which she was like, uh-huh. all right, you had your fun with like your little girlfriend, but like, we don't, <laughs> right. no one needs to see this. Exactly. That's but truly history, ancient and, history. It could die in silence. Right. And they, I guess it was supposed to premiere in January, like mid January, but now it hasn't even gotten an official streaming release or anything and it was there's a people article and apparently an insider was quoted as saying their physical chemistry was so intense on set it's all anyone could talk about which you know maybe j-lo caught wind of this and she was like not no No. sorry not happening I think this is fun to think about that j-lo was just like flexing her powers that be in hollywood to make Mm -hmm. this happen i mean if it 
I I mean, I honestly have the feeling that she might have done this, but it's still fun to imagine. Yeah. That she can like quash an entire film. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. (laughs) I would do the same thing. I'd be like, hell no. No one's seeing my boyfriend with his girlfriend. It's like the like deleting her off your Instagram, but like the celebrity (laughs) equivalent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Getting her off like your IMDb page. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Also in weird A-list activities, sort of on the Christmas side of things. Tom Cruise has flown 300 cakes via private plane to London for the London-based Mission Impossible crew. Now, this is the same Mm -hmm. crew that he was uh, videotaped screaming at last year or earlier this year in terms of like COVID protocol. So maybe this is just like a late apology. But I'm assuming this is the famous Tom Cruise Christmas cake, which I want to discuss with you. I know we've discussed it in years past. I'm assuming this time of year last year. But Tom Cruise is famous for sending this one cake to all of his celebrity friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming this is the cake that he has, again, sent via private plane. Like, please think of the climate change and mm. the, uh, the environment, Tom. Mm. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio would never, but it's fine. Um, and I just don't think this cake is worth it. This is what I want to discuss. So mm. all of his celebrity friends have gone on record talking about how amazing this cake is. He sent it to people like Jimmy Fallon, Kirsten Dunst, Henry Cavill, Barbara Walters, like all these people have like talked in interviews, like the Tom Cruise Christmas cake. It's so good. It's from Doan's Bakery, uh, which is like a family owned bakery in California. He is like single-handedly keeping them afloat. They make this cake for him every year. They've been making it since 1984. However, it's a coconut bunt cake with chunks of white chocolate, layers of cream cheese frosting, and dusted with toasted coconut flakes. And it literally is just, I'm looking at a picture of it, and it just is a, a white bunt cake covered in coconut. And I'm like, is this a worth bunt it? Cakes? A bunt cakes? A bunt, it's just a big bunt cake with coconut all over it. double layer something. Right? Like, get some chocolate involved in here. Some yeah. sort of, or some real f- actual frosting. I don't really like bunk cakes. I don't know about you guys. Like, they're fine. But I'm like, yeah. if Tom Cruise is, is shipping me a, a cake from across the ocean, flown on a private plane, like, yeah. I would rather eat anything on the Cheesecake Factory menu than, like, eat this cake. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would kill for, like, a hand-delivered cheesecake. Right. Cheesecake like a red factory. velvet, something. Yeah. Some sort of, like, yeah, multiple. You got to get multiple layers in here. But it's just a coconut bunk cake. Huh. Like, and that's what you go with? Oh, he's a weird guy. I know I he's know. so weird. One of his weirder choices, <laughs> uh, if you ask me. But it just doesn't seem worth it. It doesn't seem worth the environment, Tom. Like, just find a London bakery. It's fine. Yeah. Also, 300 um, was a lot. A lot of people just said, like, That's yeah, a lot okay. of people. A yeah. lot of bunt cakes. Also, bunt cakes are heavy. That was probably, like, a heavy cargo load on that plane. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Pivoting. It was Taylor Swift's birthday this week. She is the A-list, but I don't really want to talk about her. I want to talk about the non-A-list people uh, that she shared her birthday with, namely the Hyam sisters. She had a joint birthday party with Alana Hyam, and Taylor's turned 32. Uh, Alana is, I believe, significantly younger, or at least a bit younger. She's in her 20s. And I want to talk about the Hyam sisters. Do any of you care about the Hyam sisters at yeah, all? Yeah, kind of. I will. Okay. I'll, I'll buy it. Great. Him. Thank Go you ahead. for volunteering. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the power ranking of the Hyam sisters. So there are three of them. It's Danielle, Esty, and Alana. Essie's the oldest, Danielle's middle, Alana's the youngest. And I feel like it used to be Danielle was like the clear, like front woman of the Haim sister of Haim, which is their band. She like sang all their songs, like clearly the most musically talented was like front and center in their music videos, their stages, whatever. Like clearly like the number one Haim, right? Yeah. Then Essie like went through a phase of being like a meme. I don't know if you remember this, but like she <laughs> has a lot of like when they're performed, she has a lot of like 
just very strange facial expression. <laughs> and she went, there were like a couple years where she kept getting memed like at award shows or like mm. when they were performing and it was like, okay, now I know who she is also. So it was like those two, but then it was like the mystery third time. And then Taylor Swift in the song that they did with her, Esty is the main character who gets killed. So it's like oh. Esty gets murdered by her husband in Nobody, No Crime, uh, which is like a big get for Esty. Obviously she has the best name of the Hyams. So it's Obviously. like, you know, clearly she's rose to the top. However, now Alana, the third Hyam, starring in Licorice Pizza, uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, might get Oscar nominated, might like win an wow. Oscar and is now having a dual birthday party with Taylor Swift. Is she the most powerful Hyam? Have the power rankings been totally flipped? Like, does anyone care about Danielle anymore? I don't know. Amelia, do you have thoughts? <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> I'm calling a friend. No, she's obviously the most powerful sister. She's Alana, a yeah, party. has just totally flipped. I just, incredible comeback from her. Didn't know her name before this year. I was just like, she's the other one. Uh, mm. And I just kind of feel bad for Danielle now. I'm like, you've been carrying this group on your back for years. And now you're like the least <laughs> cool one, right? Well, cool. it's known with a group of three. They're yeah. always uneven and it's always like, you can't really have, I just for this, know, which is a fully me, functioning I'm, group of three. As a group hosts. of three siblings that are constantly compared, at least we're yeah. growing up, I'm very uh, sensitive to sibling oh. power rankings. <laughs> so as, as the Danielle of my family, actually I'm the oldest, so I think I'm technically the high, but, or the uh, SD, but uh, I think spiritually I'm a Danielle and I just feel a little bit at unease by uh, the situation. You never know when the youngest is going to make just a jump for the crown. For first so place. true. Wow. So you got to stay woke out there, you guys. <laughs> sure. uh, so anyway, I'm just, just paying attention to the Haim sisters. I just have a lot of questions. I never, never really cared about them before. I like their music, but uh, I feel like you could yeah. be a Haim sister. Tall, like yeah. Brunette. Back well, when I had like brunette. the middle part, the long hair middle part. Yeah. Yeah. It that's true. Work. That's true. Um, um, yeah. Lastly, in this category, let Meryl show her butt if she wants to. Please. <laughs> this is ridiculous. The Guardian was, was reporting that Leonardo DiCaprio, like, at, scrapped, used his power, his jail-esque power, to basically pull a scene in the new Netflix movie, Don't Look Up. So mm. what you need to know is Meryl Streep is playing the president in this movie. She's one of the public figures that is ignoring this, like, big comet disaster that's coming. Mm -hmm. And in this movie— woman, the female president, Meryl Streep, uh, is a former nude model with a lower back tattoo. Sure. So, and then at some point in the movie, she showcases her naked behind for the camera. It's like not a big deal. It's just like, I think in passing, it sounds like. And so director Adam McKay said that Meryl Streep was completely unfazed by this, like basically showing nudity. He said, she is fearless. She didn't even blink. She didn't even bring it up. That is is what a professional she is. However, yes. he goes, but you know who had a problem with it? Leo. He sees her as like royalty, but you know, he's su she's such a special figure in the history of film. He didn't like seeing her with a lower back tattooed, walking in for a second naked. He said something to me like, do you really need to show that? I was like, it's President Orly and it's not Meryl Streep, you know, as a character. Right. She's a character, she's work. a professional. Anyway, they went with the body double, but it's just in jest, but also like just let her, I mean, if Meryl Streep wants to take her clothes Meryl off, Street? it's fine. Yeah. Right. Let Meryl be Meryl. She doesn't need you to advocate for her, Leo. Well, also, it's like, has Leo ever seen a woman over the age of 25 That's naked? been the joke. That's <laughs> been the big not. Twitter joke. Is people were like, that. Leo is like, this feels wrong. Uh, I was like, what which, is he, If she's going to do it, she like, I guess Meryl Streep is not like a damsel in distress. You right. know what I mean? That's the, it's like, and I honestly like, I guess there is a situation in which it's like, okay, the, 
if if it was like a younger actress or like someone who felt uncomfortable, like advocating for them on set is like yes, what we've been yes, telling yes, yes. more powerful actors to do. So like, I understand in a way, like him maybe thinking this was the move, but I'm like, it's Meryl Streep. Like you don't need to get involved in what anything yeah. she wants to do. Like she is yeah. just fine. She can speak for herself. Yeah. Uh, but out, I guess. <laughs> so nice one. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, the next category is kind of the same mashup. Now it's kind of B and below, I would say. It's, you know, not yeah. worth the tea, a little social media, a little relationship news. Yeah, uh, a little this further have- down the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. mm. Kate, go ahead. I don't know what you're about to talk about. Okay, did anyone here read the Sweet Valley High books? Anyone? Mm-hmm. They were no. like big in the 90s. They were just like this sort of like pre-Riverdale sort of high school drama where it was like this twin and then her other twin like came back from the dead, not actually back from the dead, but she was like missing. And it turns out she was like this long lost twin. And it was these twins like going through high school, like getting to know each other, sort of like rivalry. It was weird. Anyway, uh, there, I used to read these all the time. I was texting my sister today, trying to figure out when we were reading them in our lives because I was like, I think we were too young. Cause like, there's a lot of drama. Mm. There's a lot of like some like kind of scary plots a little bit. I mean, they were like you know, high school sort of page turners, but Mm. she thinks we were reading them like mid elementary school, which I think is accurate. Uh, She said she was scarred by a plot where there was like a stalker that kidnapped one of the twins. I Mm. personally have a vivid memory of one where the twins pretended to be psychic and they like learned like a a very intricate series of like blinks and like body movements that they could like sign to each other and make people think they could read each other's minds. Uh, So these plots are like wacky. It's uh-huh. very like Riverdale. So my my point is, this is coming to the CW. Uh, they're adapting it. And it just seems like it's just going to be a, like a Riverdale chaotic evil show. Uh, has a lot of just like weird, um, just like weird potential. And it mm. just seems like the kind of thing that I think will actually be popular and good. I don't know that I'll watch it anymore. I think I'm kind of past that point in my life. But I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it as like having read these in like fifth grade. Yeah. And uh, I'm very curious how they're going to do the twins because it seems like, you know, either they'll have to do because they're like blonde, identical twins. So either they'll have to hire actual identical twin actresses or they'll have to do like the orphan black thing where one actress plays both of them, uh-huh. which is oh. seems like too high budget for the CW. You know who I'm thinking of who should be cast in this because she's in everything, but I haven't seen her in a couple months is McKenna Grace. Is she old enough to? Oh, she's 15. Oh. That She might be too young. Maybe a I little think. young. Right, this seems like maybe like a, what's like Dove Cameron doing? You know, like what? <laughs> oh. Sure. She up to? Well, yeah. she was in that, uh, well, I think she's still filming that Powerpuff Girls thing, maybe? Oh, or yeah. Did, Didn't oh, that get scrapped? Amelia. It got, yeah. scrapped, got scrapped, but I think they were going to redo it though. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, so you're one. right. Maybe she's on a different right. CW property. Anyway, just seems like it's just ripe for uh, for Riverdale style success. Mm, nice. uh, so I'm excited for it personally. All right. Sounds cool. Yeah. Also, very excited for Avril Lavigne turning the classic hit song Skater Boy into a movie. She was <laughs> um, uh, on a podcast called She is the Voice. And she says that she is planning to celebrate the upcoming 20th anniversary of Skater Boy with a movie. She said it's one of her favorite songs to perform live. Going to take this song into a film, take it to the next level, yada, yada. And everyone knows the lyrics. Everyone can know the plot. Like, everyone knows the plot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised it took this long. 
and kind of excited. I don't know. I do. You know what I want? I want like the Taylor Swift 10 minute all too well short film for Skater Boy. Like extend it. Give us like the middle plot that no one ever asked for. Just like (laughs) do like a long short film starring popular actors of like Skater Boy. I don't need like a feature film. I just want that. Yeah. That's your. I would listen to a 10 minute Skater Boy. That's sure. such a good idea, Kate. Yeah, that's Thank actually you. way better because I think everyone knows the lyrics actually so well that you're like, why would I go to a film if I know, <laughs> you know, she said, see you later, boy. All that, you know, I mean, that's why it's an iconic song is because yeah. it only takes three minutes to make you feel something. So there true. Do you know she wrote that when she was 17? A uh, prodigy. Yeah, an icon. One of our greatest minds. <laughs> um, okay, next piece of news. This is a deep cut. I don't know for anyone here. I'm sorry. But... Uh, is a slowish week going into the holiday. So two couples in my unorthodox life are divorcing mm. um, in like the Hart family. You have Julia Hart, the matriarch of the family, divorcing her husband, Silvio, um, which is really sad. He's a billionaire. He is mm. like the owner of this mega company that she now like also have friends. Mm. Anyway, he changed his last name to her last name when they got married as a sign of honor and kind of like I, you know, equal partnership, all this stuff. They were really cute. And then her daughter, Bachiva, is divorcing her husband, Ben, after nine years. So it's really sad. Two divorces, but at the end of every article I read, it's like, you know, season two, we'll cover this. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. So I uh, know none of you guys care or watch, but. No, no, that's sad. Thank you for the update. If Thank you. (laughs) She escaped such a horrible uh, life. I know. know. But now she's like a Netflix star. I don't know. Well, that's good. We'll see. Um, but yeah, this is a calling out to anyone out there who watches that show. <laughs> are, really are you watching uh, Selling Tampa? No, because I, I haven't even caught up on Selling Sunset. Are you watching that show? No, but I'm, I don't, I'm, it's kind of appealing. Shit. Damn. I really want to watch it. I'm going to watch it over Christmas break when I take nice. some time off. Nice. Um, because that's We'll have to circle so back good. over the break because I also have to watch, catch up on some shows over the break. We'll have to like in January be like everything yeah. I know. caught up on. Do I know, like but a, I'm interested in that because I don't know Tampa at all. And I don't really understand mm-hmm. Florida, so I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Next, pivoting is some good news. Megan Thee Stallion graduated from TSU over the weekend, um, which is Texas Southern University. She got a Bachelor of Science degree wow. in Health Administration. Incredible. Fucking go off. And then you know what? One day later, she accepted the 18th Congressional District's Humanitarian Award in Houston. Crushing incredible. it. Absolutely. The rest of us are like putting off emails until January and she's like I know. graduating <laughs> and accepting awards and just mm-hmm. no days off for Maggie Stallion. So happy for her. You guys should check out our Instagram. She's like in her cap and gown and she's just like so happy. She's like yeah. dedicated it to her two parents looking down on her and like, you know, she thinks they'd, I don't know. It's just really actually very feel good. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I love it. Celebrities graduate I, or like get to, I don't know like so cute seeing them. Um, it is. It's great. And caps and also gowns. it's not. It's yes. like no one looks good in a cap and gown. You know, it's nice to remind yourself of that. Like there's just it's just silly on she everyone. Does it's yeah yeah okay. <laughs> she comes um, as close as we hum- humanly can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next one. I don't even All know right, how to is, transition. We this. did. We should have arranged this category better. A little Surreal, bit. Yeah. Uh, roller coaster, guys. Feral hogs Twitter. Uh, is back. And I don't just say the feral hogs are back because us on Tea Time, 
We have been on the feral hogs beat for, I think at this point it's been years, no days off. The grind never stops. We're just constantly vigilant and the rest of the world is catching up with us this week. Feral hogs terrorized Texas and South Carolina neighborhoods. There were pictures of them all over Twitter. People were like, the feral hogs are back. And I was like, you guys, they never left. And I think we need to acknowledge that we just need to stay up to date on the, on the 30 to 50 feral hogs because people are acting like they're just, they're just now coming back. And I'm like, did you, did you hear about Shakira in her purse? Like right. Shakira knows that the feral hogs are out here still. Mm, right. Um, and I just think, you know, we need to stay vigilant when it comes to the feral hogs know? I because mean, you never know where they're going to pop up. Besides a couple years ago, has this been happening forever and we just haven't been, you know what I mean? Fingers on the pulse of the feral hog. Community? I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say, terrorizing. but we need to, we need to keep an eye on them because yeah, yeah. next thing we know, we're our society. I mean, their reign of terror continues. So okay, okay. I just think we just need to, everyone needs to take a page out of our book and just stay up to date on the feral hogs watch. That's how I feel. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. Yep. Just okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was really like a PSA ad break oh for feral goodness. hogs. That was our med roll. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so do you ever go to the Twitter account pop crave? Yes. (laughs) They reported something. Yes. Anyway. Yes, I do. They they have like, I don't know. Their presence is so well known on Twitter. I feel like if you're like into celebrity news. Yes. But it's so like, they just have the most random stuff. And I mean, great. Thank you. Because, um, the other day they posted about Madonna. She was, I guess she was on her Instagram. And (laughs) <laughs> Madonna was like, she "Is this your favorite talking?" Or you is actually, I'm sorry. It's just I'm looking at this picture and it's killing me. Um, it's like she is. She's like mopping a floor at what looks like maybe. Well, it is a movie theater, and like it's. It looks like it's been like closed maybe for the evening because it has like those graded bars mm-hmm. um, there. And she's but she's wearing like a, a jacket and these ripped jeans, and she is wearing a hat that says "Hi," which might I don't know maybe allude to something. Mm. But anyway, she's mopping. <laughs> she, like uh, truly, like one of those like uh, public restroom mop. Buckets. Oh, yeah. Not a Swiffer, like a real dirty one. It's industrial size. Yeah. It's industrial. Right. And the caption, I guess this from this is from Instagram. And she said, saw the movie Licorice Pizza, comma, and then three pizza emojis with an exclamation point. Oh, felt so inspired. I had to clean the theater. And this pop crate, this pop crate, I'm sorry, Twitter account, of course, you know, posted about it because that's what they do. And it was the headline is Madonna says she felt so inspired after the watching the movie Licorice Pizza that she had to clean the theater afterwards. Is there something I'm missing about Licorice Pizza? that I looked it up, too. There's no connection. Another win for Alana Hyam, honestly, Uh, just crushing it. Oh I, my god! Is I, this yeah, like I have no explanation. I, oh, maybe I looked into it a lot—not a lot, but a little bit uh, <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, "No, I don't think there's any time way any connection." A lot, not a lot, a little bit. Uh, to Madonna uh, mopping the floor after licorice pizza. There's nothing. You, I, it's just like I have so many questions. Like, did mm-hmm. she like just take a mop from someone that was I like, I'm and then she had like a full mop. photo shoot, which is also funny. She, it was oh, like, <laughs> is there like a team of like, of the movie theater staff, like waiting to the side being like, okay, we got to fucking wait for Madonna to finish mopping and posing with this 
mop and on this couch so we can finish our job and go oh home. God, also, I want to know and need to know if she actually cleaned the theater because I would hate if she did three little swipes right in that area. <laughs> that feels, and that was like, feels like what she did. Yeah. Yeah. She She's not she under it. the chairs picking up popcorn. Oh, well, sure. She sure. It would have been a good photo op, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, like, you feel so inspired that you have to clean the theater. Oh, I got nothing. I missed your smile this podcast. I'm happy that cheered you up. I'm glad that we talked about this. It's going to bring you right back down. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Oh, yes. We're going from bad to worse, people. This is possibly our worst cringe mode of all time. Kate, do you want to just I think that's an exaggeration, this? although I can't think of one that's worse. Oh, right. I, I feel no. like we've done one that's worse, though. So this is the point, really. It's all about balance, right? Last week, yeah. we watched Bridget Jones' Diary, an objectively good movie. And this week, we were like, what should we watch? We were like, there are a lot of really bad Christmas movies on Netflix. Like, let's just find one. And it, it tingled something in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know what? I think there is a movie from a couple years ago. Uh, starring Michael Shannon that was about <laughs> furries at Christmas. And I was like, I think it's on Netflix. Looked it up. We're talking about Pottersville 2017, which to summarize, uh, stars Michael Shannon and a lot of like pretty famous people or like mm-hmm. legit actors. And Michael Shannon uh, lives in the small town Pottersville and he owns a general store and he's married to Christina Hendricks. And one day he goes home early to surprise her and he walks in and his wife, Christina Hendricks, is in a bunny suit and she is with Ron Perlman, who is in a wolf suit. And they're not having sex, but they're like rubbing up against each other. And there's like a whole plot point about how it's not sexual, although it clearly is. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, what is going on? And she's like, we're furries and we're in love. 
Uh, I swear this is a Christmas movie. And mm. uh, he just like kind of has a little crisis. He goes and gets drunk. He puts on a gorilla suit <laughs> and he runs around town drunk because apparently that's what you do when you find your wife, find out your wife is a furry. And long story short, people see him. They think he's Bigfoot. So the rest of the movie is this small town at Christmas time trying to find Bigfoot when it's actually just Michael Shannon going through a crisis in a gorilla suit because his wife is a furry. It ends up like his store. People find out it was him. His store is going to close. They all give him money. Again, like I says very limited things to do with Christmas other than the fact that it's Christmas time and mm-hmm. it's December. And this is an objectively extremely bad movie, but also like almost not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? really? Yeah. I think I... So here's... This is my first highlight. Let's just get into the highlights. Okay. My highlight is a small selection of the headlines and reviews. And I compiled these before I watched it. So I think this mm. is why I thought it was going to be worse than it was. Here's it's also on Netflix. Sorry. Yeah. It is on Netflix. You can watch it, but don't. Um, IndieWire. Pottersville Review. Michael Shannon is mistaken for Bigfoot in one of the worst Christmas movies ever made. Mm. Uh, another review. Pottersville. The worst Christmas movie ever. And I love it. <sighs> we did not. Uh, another one. Pottersville is an inexplicable, enjoyable disaster of a holiday movie. That is generous. Pottersville trailer. This is a real movie. We swear. Uh, mm-hmm. And from Rotten Tomatoes, it had a 0% rating uh, on the critic side. Not a single positive review. Uh, it did have a 66% audience score, which actually That's shocking. is much higher than I would have expected. <laughs> um, and then one person gave it a one critic gave it a one out of 10 and said, I just don't know what to say or how to adequately describe this film. So that was what I was going in with. And I will say most of the furry stuff is just like at the beginning. Once mm-hmm. you get past that reveal, it's like just boring, actually. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is I guess we can get into this in the lowlights, but it ultimately was just like that first reveal was so insane and weird. And then it just becomes boring. Like it's bad, but it's mm-hmm. not that weird the whole time. That's actually true. It's not as zany as I thought yeah. it would be, as it mm-hmm. yeah lends itself to be in the first 10 minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. but back to the highlights, because that is the category we're in. There, and you can tell we were just like grasping for straws <laughs> in this. Um, so at first, my comment was, there are a lot of actors in this, which is true. You know, Michael Shannon, Christina Hendricks, Judy Greer, who I know you guys love. But then I saw my queen, Greta Lee, who I've not seen since Russian Doll. I'm mm. obsessed with this woman. She's the girl in Russian Doll. I don't know if you guys watch this. Who is like, sweet birthday baby. <laughs> was nope. she the, okay. the one helping with the TV show? In this movie, not in Russian Doll. Oh, yes. Sorry. I was okay, like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. No, she, yeah. And she's like the cool friend with right. the cool eye makeup. And Anyway, I loved her in that. She's so cool. And she was in this movie. So that is a highlight. That counts as a highlight. Great. I'm happy for you. And that's that. Okay, Kate. Uh, Similarly, I'm never mad to see Judy Greer. She is in this. She is not great in this. No one is, but like, it seems like she's just like really not good. Um, But I'm never mad to see her. I'm like, you know, get your paycheck, Judy Greer. Um, She was kind of like the, you know, side sort of romantic interest friend. uh, Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, Judy Greer. Yeah, tough. But yeah, I feel bad for her that she's in this, but I was glad to see her. Yeah. We got one more highlight. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I would say that I appreciate this movie clocks in at actually under 90 minutes. So that was exciting. Um, Amelia, did you find that it felt long though? Yes. Even, you know what? Yes. You're 100% correct. It, but yes. it, unfortunately, it did feel longer <laughs> than 90 minutes. I broke it up. They like really, it's because they really cram that furry 
like thing into the beginning and then after that it's just they're in the woods forever uh, they're <laughs> in the woods they are in the woods forever <laughs> okay let's go to the low lights because we have a lot to say kate go ahead yeah uh there's an incredibly sinister vibe to this movie and i at first it feels like like a black mirror episode or like a horror movie because they i think it's the color correction and like the filter that they're using it has a very yellow tint and like a very warm sort of like tone and it mm-hmm. yes something about it is just like it's giving horror movie and I don't yeah. know why <laughs> I would also say that the angles in which this is yeah. shot is giving horror movies it's a lot of downward kind of warped Michael Shannon like looking around where I didn't really <laughs> think something bad was gonna happen but yeah. nothing does nothing no. terrible sinister I don't even weird really happens it's yeah. so mm-hmm. normal but so it just makes Something me feel about it. Yeah, yeah, it felt very weird. I was like, this is the vibe is so off. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. so, it's so, so, so yeah. sinister. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a very odd. And no Christmas vibe. I'm sorry. But no, no, right. this is barely a Christmas movie. Not a Except speck of joy. I will say the the only maybe big Christmas vibe is like the font they use yeah. in the beginning when they're <laughs> for the um the opening intro credits and it's like <laughs> they're naming all the actors and this font is like kind of that script font and it's white yeah. and there's like little um it looks maybe like crystallized a little bit and mm-hmm. there's like a snowflake by it and that felt a little festive but that was yeah. that was kind of the extent of all the the christmas yeah. they to set it, you so. up in the first 10 minutes like it's gonna be something and then it's really dives <laughs> yeah. off the yeah. graphics i'm gonna talk about the poster in a minute but the uh the graphics <laughs> team was just like did not know what this movie was about and was not told and like was mm-hmm. on a total different wavelength uh, than the people who actually made it. Mm-hmm. Um, my low light is just like, why was this made? Who decided yeah. that we needed <laughs> a Christmas movie or whatever this is with like a significant plot point about the furry community? Like furries don't want this. Uh, King shaming is bad. They don't want to be the laughing stock. We don't want this. Like we no one was like, you know what I need? in my holiday viewing, my family-friendly holiday viewing. It's really not family-friendly. It tries to be, though, weirdly. Um, It's just like, who is this for? Like, other than Mm -hmm. the director, I guess, (laughs) who like, or whoever wrote this and was like, the world needs this. I just don't understand, like, who this is for. Like, what? Because it's, like, too adult to be for, like, kids. But then it's not that sexual. So then it's, like, not really for adults. (laughs) Like they keep being like, it's not a sex thing. So then it's like, well, if you're going to lean in, like lean in, you know, I just, I don't know who this is for. It was not for me, but (laughs) it's really puzzling. It's so weird. It's really puzzling. (laughs) Very little. I just, I haven't thinking about this for, since I watched it last night. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Obviously they needed the furry plot point because he needed to dress up in a car. Co- you know what? No, they could have done. He could have found <laughs> out a different reason to put on a costume. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's Maybe true. he thought it was a fresh take on the Bigfoot, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Thing. <laughs> so many questions. We'll get more into the Bigfoot. I have thoughts on that. Um, okay. <laughs> what else? Okay, Amelia, last little light. Oh, yeah. Um, They ended up it, several times in this movie, like Kate said, uh, going to the woods, kind of. But it, it's weird because they go to the woods and then they kind of leave the woods or they're like at the edge of the woods. But then they go back into the woods over and over and over again. And it honestly felt like each time it was like 20 to 30 minutes long, but it was only like apparently five minutes long. And it's just like, how is this? How does this feel like it, it's a three hour film. Like, how does this feel like I am watching some Marvel movie, but it is yeah. only 85 minutes long? 
I don't. I honestly don't the know. Wood it's a mystery. The were just so long. Oh my and god! All the same. I was like, I can't. I just can't keep watching this. <laughs> also, bad. in general, plot wise, why does he have to put on that costume more than once? He should have like. I guess it's the big mystery, and then maybe right. he wanted to like save the town. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's a lot of questions. We actually had to make a new category for this movie <laughs> because there were so many unknowns. Um, but first, let's do what is age the best and the worst, Kate. You know, I I was curious about this because I was watching this movie and I was like, I haven't heard that much from Michael Shannon in recent years. Like he was like a big like Oscar nominee for a while there. I was like, you know, he was he was sort of like a film Twitter favorite. And then I was like, did this movie kill his career? So I looked it up on IMDb and no, it did not. He has had 22 projects in the four years since this movie came out, including like three different TV shows, like not even just like movies like he the man is working. Uh, and so I was like, I mean, that's age of the best, like good for him. This was not like his Norbit or whatever for the, like killed Eddie Murphy's career. Uh, he is thriving despite Pottersville. So good job, that's buddy. Good. Way to bounce back. <laughs> um, also what's age the best is the phrase. If you can't beat them, join them because <laughs> that is what Michael Shannon did. I yes, like that's why he put on the costume was because his wife was cheating on him and actually left him. Um, what about worst Amelia? Um, worst only because I don't think the bit worked, but like Thomas Lennon, who plays this like fake Australian Bigfoot hunter. Oh, yeah. He is like a really funny, like character comedian actor. And he was in, he's in, uh, what's the one? Oh my God. Uh, well, he's in Reno 911 as like Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Jim Dangle with the shorts. And, but he's also in 17 again as the best Mm -hmm. friend. And I think he's really funny in those roles, but it's just like. Uh, I don't know what he's trying to do. I think he's trying really hard and it just doesn't work, even though I think he's absolutely hilarious. It's so unfortunate. And I don't think it's really his fault. I think the script was bad. So well, he's also responsible for those wood scenes. So he's the one that we <laughs> follow tough. when we go into the woods. So it's just it is unforgivable. He also yeah. is like doing a totally different kind of comedy than like Michael Shannon is trying to do. Like they're, yeah. two, so they're in their heads are like in two very different movies. So <laughs> it so just true. like it just feels very jarring to go Michael back and Shannon forth. Michael Shannon is playing this so straight. Face. Yeah, he like, really, he's like in my internal. Tor- he's like this internally tortured man who like yeah. is reckoning with. I mean, and yeah. And then Thomas Lennon is just doing what he always does. And it just didn't it's quite like work a bit. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What has aged the best? Bigfoot has long escaped humans. This will, I think the the myth of Bigfoot will live for eternity. Um, I personally watched a couple seasons of Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet oh. back in the day. I like it. I like the quest sure. for Bigfoot. I think that maybe something is out there. So you would think that I would have enjoyed this movie more, but I did not. And I'm mm-hmm. a person who A, believes in Bigfoot and B, Likes that kind of stuff. But no, no. Couldn't even <laughs> this sell This movie me. is for you, apparently. Uh, apparently. So, but no. Yeah, no, just a full whiff. Didn't do it. Last one. Worst. <laughs> um, I would say they, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like they kind of tried to make this movie, like they obviously were really leading into the Bigfoot whole <laughs> issue, but they also tried to weirdly make it related to It's a Wonderful Life. Because Pottersville, and then at the end, they're like, you're the luckiest guy in Pottersville, which is like from A Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. And, but it's like, those were the only two parts. I are like, why would you name it Pottersville if you're not, like, because clearly that is so intrinsic to that, uh, It's a Wonderful Life that people would probably know you're relating it back to It's a Wonderful Life, but then you only used it 
so little and it's just like I <laughs> I just I'm so confused. It was confusing. Maybe maybe this originally like wasn't a Christmas movie. Like maybe oh. it was just like a movie about a guy whose oh. wife is a furry and like you know the whole Bigfoot thing, but then they were like let's make it a Christmas movie. How can we do that? So maybe oh. they just like changed some things, like changed the name of the town, set it at Christmas, like added that scene at the end or whatever. And mm. like they were like this is how we can That's trick a possibility. people into watching it. You know? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Just spitballing. Um, all right. Let's keep moving. MVP, Kate. <laughs> My MVP is whoever photoshopped the poster and also <laughs> okay. the graphics team. As Amelia mentioned before, these people were not told what this movie is about. They did not care. Uh, they were told <laughs> to make a Christmas movie poster. and But it's it, as if they had never seen anyone in it. Um, <laughs> the poster is one of the worst Photoshop things I've ever seen. <laughs> Michael Wait, Shannon's head. <laughs> what? Do you see that under Pottersville? It says it's a magical life. Yeah. The tagline is literally it's a magical life. <laughs> oh my God. Life I didn't see that until on this now. Poster. I just, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So you were right. Uh, there, it's like, <laughs> oh it, my God. it's this very classic <laughs> Christmas, uh, you know, town in the background. And then it's oh, okay. all of the people just cut out and lined up at the bottom. And Michael Shannon's head is like, I mean, the ringer art team could take 30 seconds and do better than this. Judy Greer's oh. head is like disappearing into the snow. <laughs> oh the my back, God. The back of her head is just like fading into the snow. Uh, <laughs> Ian McShane, like I'm not even sure the shot is from this movie. Like he, this could be from Deadwood for all I know. Um, Christina just, Hendricks is so glam for I'm so, fairly for no certain reason. they have photoshopped a Christmas hat onto uh, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Lennon's Lennon. head. He is not wearing that hat. <laughs> and or then Rob Perlman on the side again, just like I he am not convinced so confused <laughs> that this is from this movie. I don't think Michael Shannon's head is like actually on his body that they have put here. I think this is Michael Shannon's head on someone else's body. I, I, I think the same for Christina. <laughs> Christina Hendricks looks like someone took. Kim Cattrall from Sex yes. in the City 2 <laughs> and decided to put on Yeah, I don't think I don't think Judy Greer's head is on top of her body either. I think Ian McShane and Ron Perlman are actually like screenshots from the movie actually. I think Thomas Lennon this hat is definitely not his. And then the main three, I think their faces were put onto other people's bodies. Yeah. Is my take. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's you really right. should just look it up. <laughs> but that's my MVP is this poster. Oh my god, yeah. that's good. Really good. Um, I feel like we all can only pull this card once a year, and I have not pulled it yet, and we got two pods left in 2021. <laughs> My answer for MVP is us. Yes. We're the real yeah, MVPs. Sure. I, it's the end of the year. Everyone's burnt out, and the fact that we muscled through this movie <laughs> is impressive, and I'm really proud of all of us. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Amelia, who's your pick? <laughs> I would say anyone who got paid for making this, uh, because yep. you know what? You got paid. So yep. congratulations. Yeah. And now you have Don't to have it nice. on your resume forever. So <laughs> yeah. sorry. Um, in between now and on lightning round questions, we're going to do like this mini unanswerable question section because we had so many come up and we needed to compile them all. So I'm asking first, my first unanswerable question about this movie is what is more shocking? The fact walking in on your wife cheating on you by being a furry or walking in on your wife cheating on you butt naked. Like he... Right. He, he actually, I don't even feel like his face was that shocked. I like, I feel like it blacked out, but that is a shocking thing to have your spouse cheat on you in any way. And I guess that I just, I'm puzzled. I'm right. Really puzzled. Because in theory, it's actually not as like traumatizing because you're not actually mm -hmm. seeing the woman you love, like naked in bed with another person. It's just yeah. like these two animal costumes that you don't necessarily immediately know to associate with 
you're, I understand why you've asked this. And I think it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, think I, it, <laughs> I think it's more shock. I think the furry revelation overall is more shocking. But then like the 10 seconds of like walking into the room and finding your spouse cheating, I think it would be more shocking the other way around. This is neither here nor there, but she was quite rude to him this entire movie. Very rude. Um, obviously, it's one your of own the, like, fault. Villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate, what's your unanswerable question? What actually makes this a Christmas movie? And what makes anything a Christmas movie? I know we've had this debate a million times. It happens all over the internet all the time. But nothing in this plot has to do with Christmas, really. It's just in December, in a small town, it's mm-hmm. snowy and there are Christmas decorations. But like, I, there's really no relation to Christmas. But then I was like thinking about, you know, uh, like the princess switch, which was like a heist movie. I'm like, is what makes that a Christmas movie? I mean, I guess for that, at least like there's an actual Christmas star that they have to recover before the Christmas tree lighting. So there is like a significant <laughs> Christmas related plot point. <laughs> uh-huh. But, and I know like people debate all the time, like, you know, is, um, like little women, a Christmas movie because there's a Christmas scene or like is home alone, a Christmas movie, like classic ring or take. Um, but I just like what, is any movie set in December a Christmas movie? <laughs> yes. I have to say, yeah, I get, I mean, they tried with the poster. I think they, like you said, they probably like edited an entire movie together and they're like, no, let's make it Christmas. And then they're like, great in post, just yeah. Shuffling just where they lights. Yeah. 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 I just don't know. I don't know what, I don't think there's a, a, a direct answer. I do think like if there's a significant Christmas scene, then it's a uh-huh. Christmas movie. But I don't know if setting it in a snowy town in December really counts. It's hard. I'm not convinced. It's I'm not so, convinced. that's a, such a good question. I, I feel it's like- It's an ongoing debate. It really is because uh, it's just really hard because I feel like we are so inundated with like Christmas, 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 like our holidays, right. holidays, holidays, holidays. When it comes to December, that's like almost unavoidable. Like it'd be weird not to talk about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's true. I yeah. agree. What's your question, Amelia? What compelled these actors to say yes? Such a great question. Can I I just, yeah. Yeah, no, go, please. Can I piggyback off and be like, are we happy we picked this as our our (laughs) one of two Christmas movies to cover in the month of December? Listen, again, it's about balance. First of all, Amelia, to answer your question, I think it was probably money and I want to know how much budget they had to get these people on board because these are like not, again, these are like not Hallmark movie actors. These are like real no. actors. So it had to be money. Like Michael Shannon was in like the peak of his career in 2017. He was crushing it. And I just have no idea why he would do this. To Liz's point, first of all, I just want to say I come in every week with suggestions and it's not my fault that I'm bringing the suggestions. Uh, and no one else has them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Second of all, again, it's about balance. We did a good movie last week and we did a bad movie this week. So I I don't regret it. I love a good, bad cringe mode. Honestly, I think they're some Mm -hmm. of our best episodes. That's Um, true. That's very true. You know, would I have rather watched like the holiday? Yes, of course. But is that what this segment is about? No, no, it's not. We can cleanse the palate in our own time as well and watch those movies. Exactly. Um, Quickly, lightning round questions. Which actors should be most embarrassed by their involvement here? I mean, the obvious answer is two-time Oscar nominee Michael Shannon. Um, but also like Ian McShane, like, what are you doing here? You've got, you know, I mean, he's like a stage legend. He is on Deadwood. He's like on all these other, like very prestige things. And he is in this movie, uh, hunting Bigfoot. And I just like you, you don't need this man. Uh It's a pretty small role too. Yeah. It's just not (laughs) worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I I have to agree. I was like, you know, Michael Shannon, weird. Ian McShane, weird. Honestly, also Judy Greer, weird. Christina Hedricks, weird. I mean, Ron Perlman, weird. It's just, yes. yeah. I don't, I kept thinking of like that quote um, from Al Pacino where he was like, I like go- making bad movies to make them better because he's like such a prolific, <laughs> oh, iconic wow. actor, you know? Do so you maybe think it was that out was of the goodness thought. of their heart. Yeah, yeah. They were like, I can fix this. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. <laughs> that was, that was the Christmas accepted? aspect that was like, right. yeah, sure. here's a gift, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. I was thinking Christina Hendricks and then you browse her. Um, like IMDb and Mad Men finished in 2015. She did Bad Santa 2 in 2016. So I actually don't think that's the right answer. It's Christina Hendricks probably right there. Honestly, like a strong run of like bad, weirdly sexual Christmas movies Mm. from her. Oh, yeah. Yikes. So maybe not her. Um, What will she do next? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you guys believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? No. No. Sorry, Liz. Yeah, yeah, no. All right. You're alone okay, on fine. that boat, but <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm happy for you. I That's hope fine. you find him someday. Thank you. Um, okay, last category. Tea time's unanswerable question, both Christmas related. Both, I feel like in my brain, we maybe we talked about it in Slack, but I'm happy to discuss. I also, okay, I also thought we had asked this question before and I literally searched our old outlines. I was like searching in Google Docs and I couldn't find anything. So I'm sorry if we've had this debate. What is the absolute number one worst Christmas song? You can only pick one to just, if you could never have to hear it again, you could just ban it from the radio, ban it from our collective memories. Um, never have to be in a, in a Macy's uh, on Black Friday hearing this again. What song, what's the worst one? What's the number one? I actually have an answer for this. Hit me. me and <laughs> it's, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <gasps> oh, wow. I love that one. You it's do? It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That girl's it voice tells a story. is so <laughs> It tells a story. It's like Just, Skater Boy. Oh, you're sweet. You're right. Oh, okay, I do enjoy that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I would say the the Christmas Shoes, I think it's called. It's like one of the most depressing oh, yeah. songs of all time. It's like about a boy whose mom is dying and he doesn't have oh. enough money to give them to give her shoes. And it's just yeah. like, I don't. It's like, so, I don't want to hear this. It's emotional terrorism. It's it, just purposefully it really, awful. It's yeah. horrible. It's oh, really I bad. I that one. Oh, okay, it, okay. You might know if you hear it. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Keith, my, you, my pick is Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh, it, really? You get that thing in oh, your head. Oh, simply like happy, wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. time. And it just over and over again for I like the that entire song. month of December. I like that song too, Amelia. Awful. Oh. It's just terrible. Um, Unbelievable. Okay. That's my pick. But wow. Wow. you know, everyone has their grudges uh, when it comes to Christmas. So, what's the best Christmas movie to you guys? Like, what are you going to watch to cleanse the Pottersville palate <laughs> and like regain your Christmas spirit? What are you guys watching? <laughs> uh, on that note, I do love the holiday. I don't know if oh, that counts. Me too. It does. Um, it does. In terms of like Christmas rom coms, that's probably my favorite. However, just like classic. Christmas movies, I feel like you can't beat like the OG stop motion Rudolph um, oh. with like, you know, the elf who wants to be a dentist and, and yeah. Yukon Cornelius or whatever mm-hmm. and the abominable snow monster. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I actually haven't cute. seen a lot of those Christmas movies. Oh, I haven't even great. seen Amelia. It's a wonderful life. So when you're saying all that, I was like, oh, hmm. Totally. Oh, you see it. It's really good. That's such Definitely. a good movie. I think you'd really like it. What are your favorites? Yeah. I would say I love the Christmas Vacation with like Chevy mm. Chase. Mm-hmm. I, think that one is oh, so I haven't funny. seen that either. Oh, it's okay. Really, it is. Like, what are you really watching funny. at Christmas? It's really funny. 
I know. She, I actually haven't seen so many Christmas movies. <laughs> I've never seen The Grinch. I've never wow. seen a lot of the old timey ones. Um, wow. And so we're my- out here watching Pottersville. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, oh. Christmas movie I love is the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, even though, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, I can watch those. But I also think the, ho- like in recent memory, the holiday is really good movie. Not to so be confused good. with the holiday which we covered on Cringe. That was our Pottersville of last year. That was our uh, (laughs) really bad. Which do you like more, the holiday or Pottersville? Oof. Uh, I think Pottersville was worse, but I was expecting Pottersville to be worse. Whereas I think the holiday, I was like, this could in some way be enjoyable. And it wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll try again next year, I guess. (laughs) We will. Guys, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We have one more pod of the year and we're off Christmas week. Yes. And then we'll do one for New Year's week. So happy holidays. If you end up watching Pottersville, slide it to our DMs. Yes. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Lenoir. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.